This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, joined once again by yours truly, Frankie Proctor, the uh, sous chef of the garden. Also known as the under, 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 under gardener. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Yes, just want to keep mm, you in check. Thank you very much. And mm-hmm. uh, you're getting through this heat wave, are you? I am. I am. Man. Uh, thank goodness for air conditioning is all I can oh, say. Oh, boy. It's been super, super hot. But, you know, it's so nice to step out. I mean, I like air conditioning when you have to use it. Yeah. But to step outside is just so great. I mean, it's Absolutely. Like the wall of heat. But nevertheless, it's just, you know, you, anyway, I Guess like whose it. car packed it up in the air conditioning department? No. Yeah. Yeah. Some little sensor or something is out. So, windows are wide open. Yeah, the windows. But you know, you get through. You just make yeah, do. Yeah, you do. Anyway, uh, the the drought is on. So, yeah, folks who gardens. are watering, maybe we'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit about watering lawns when you really shouldn't. Uh, anyway, the main thing is, Charlie is here to answer your questions about your garden, lawn, whatever. Here are the numbers to call. Okay, in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And oh yeah, let uh, Sebastian know if you are a first time caller. You're going to hear that when you come on the air. You're That's your welcome. welcoming bell. Yes. And it gives you your garden wings. And our motto, I guess, we better squeeze in here. Mm. Call early, call often, one question per call. There you go. Yeah, otherwise we have you on the line the entire hour. That's right. And other people are sitting on hold. Okie doke, couple of upcoming events. Mm. I have mentioned before that the Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting a free summer music series every Thursday evening. Uh, This week, Thursday, August the 11th, enjoy Steph Paquette. It's a Franco-Ontario folk group with humor. It's all outdoors in the garden, so it doesn't get better than that. So you're out in the beautiful gardens, and of course, they're just peaking with tons of perennial flowers right now and buzzing with bees and butterflies. So lovely to be out in the garden with live music. There's a barbecue. You can get food. There's a cafe. You can get sandwiches. Uh, There's an organic farmer's market. So all kinds of cool things happening every day, but particularly on Thursday evening, 7 p.m., Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is 777 Lawrence Avenue East. So Lawrence at Leslie. Um, at the Royal Botanical Gardens, the brand new David Braley and Nancy Gordon Rock Garden will come to life this August. You're going to like this with William Shakespeare's most popular comedy, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, great. So out in the gardens at the, at, it's a brand new garden. So don't miss out. It's a highly physical and creative variation presented by Burlington's own tottering biped theater. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> Each performance will include a half-hour intermission with garden tours available during that time. Rock Garden will close to the public at 5 p.m. during the Shakespeare performances. 5.30 to 7, garden opens to those who have purchased tickets and made restaurant reservations. 7 to 9.30 is the performance. So for more information, Royal Bot- rbg.ca or Royal Botanical mm-hmm. Gardens, just Google that. And a, a shout-out. You taught me how to do this. Yes. I, was, I had a, got a great little tweet the other day from a gentleman named David Hardy, and he commented that he enjoys the show, um, listens every week, and he's listening from Northern Ireland. Well, I'll be a son of a gun. Hey. So he's tweeted to say how much he enjoys the show, so thank you for that, and how relevant he finds our tips and techniques in his garden. Um, and I think we need to go back to Ireland and vi- visit David Hardy. So that thank you for that. That would be a great idea. I would go back at the drop of a hat, really. Yeah, you had so what much a fun. Beautiful, eh? What a beautiful island. Oh, mm. my gosh. Did you go to Northern Ireland? Yes, yeah. yeah Belfast and, uh, oh, gee, saw the... Um, uh, Giants Causeway. Causeway. It's just amazing, amazing stuff. Mm. But yeah. Mm. Welcome to the show, David. That's yeah, wonderful. yeah. Thanks Good. for listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we better scoot along here. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a break, then have, uh, come back and say hi to Molly, who is uh, waiting to have a chat with you mm-hmm. from Etobicoke right after these words. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, Charlie, here's right. Molly calling in from Etobicoke. Hi, Molly. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Nice to see you uh, here, in my mind only. <laughs> <laughs> hear you. Yes, what's going on at your place? Anyway, I have a limelight uh, hydrangea. Yeah. I've had it about maybe four years. Mm-hmm. And the first two years, it did nothing. It didn't even bloom. Wow. Okay. Last year, it had lots of blooms, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. This year, nada. Nothing again. Okay, but it's still... I wonder what I'm doing wrong, or maybe the wrong place. Or... Well, it's still early. I have a limelight hydrangea in my backyard, which is pure green right now as well. But have you got it in at least six hours of full sun every day, in a good sunny spot? Well... As, as much sun as I can get, let's put it that way. How many hours? In the, it's, it's in the east side of my garden, so the sun comes up and it gets the west sun. Okay. You know, like when the sun's in the west. Right. So it's getting like the afternoon, the late afternoon sun. Late afternoon, did, yes. Did you prune it at all this year? No, oh. I didn't do any. So many conflicting things. <laughs> uh, you know, prune or not to prune. Well, the, I didn't do anything. The the trick with hydrangea is that there's so many different kinds of hydrangea that it does get a bit confusing. The trick with um, limelight, and limelight is one of the paniculata, so it means it's not the round flowers, it's not the mop head. The no, one that we, we get a lot of calls mm-hmm. on the mop head hydrangeas or hydrangea macrophylla, big leaf, round flowers that don't flower. We get a lot of calls on that, but the limelight is like the PG series, so they have a conical flower instead of the round one. That's right. So lots and lots of sun is very important. Um, otherwise, uh, don't panic yet. I mean, it does become it 
it should, like I said, mine is still green. I haven't looked closely. I always prune it in the early spring because it just gets so big. This plant wants to be eight feet tall and eight feet wide, and I just don't have enough room for that. And if I had been smart, I would have waited two more years because after they released Limelight, two years later, they released something called Little Lamb. And Little Lamb is a smaller version of the same plant. Charlie has just brought this up on the web for me to look yeah, at. What a pictures, beautiful, yeah. beautiful uh, it plant. It really is beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I I wanted to be first in line today <laughs> because I keep missing you. Oh, well, I'm glad you uh, called. I wanted to ask about that, yeah. you know. Well, so I'm the, glad you have one, Charlie. And I love this plant. Bloomed, so yeah, I love this plant. And it has bloomed every year. So I certainly am not panicking yet. It's still, like I say, early August. Um, I'll take a look. I know my other regular PG hydrangea is showing some buds, but I haven't looked closely at the limelight to see if it's budding yet. But I expect it will. It always has. So yeah. don't... Don't panic yet. Okay. You've got to give it lots of water, right? No, no, I don't give it much water. I mean, it's it, it, the name hydrangea makes you think that it loves water because of the hydra, but it does. It's it should just be in a well-drained soil. And yes, this year with so little rain, we have had to do some watering to keep things alive. But don't be out there every day or every second day. You know, at, at the most, once every ten days, give it a good watering. Okay then. All right. All right, I won't hope yet. Yes, indeed. And we'll, we'll touch base again on this one, I think. <laughs> Thank thanks, you, Molly. Molly. Have a great day, and thanks for listening to The Garden Show here on Zuma Radio. Elizabeth in Toronto, good morning and welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. First of all, I wanted to say thank you for the instructions you gave me a month ago how to shorten my jade. Mm, good. And um, it's doing extremely well. It's outside and loving it. So oh, now I've got two plants, and um, thanks for the instruction. Oh, good. The um, question is, I have a spider, a, a snake plant. I think it's mother-in-law tongue, mm-hmm. what I call it. And I put it outside for the first time, and it's now got a flower coming up in the middle. That's great. I'm wondering if, I've never seen a, that plant ever, yeah. ever flower, and I'm wondering if a seed from a bird has dropped in nope. the pot. Nope, it is flowering. So just to be clear for our, everybody else who's listening, what was commonly referred to as snake plant or mother-in-law's tongue is properly called Sansevieria, Vieira, uh, and it is a tall, narrow, um, very sort of... Um, firm leaf, super plant to grow indoor. It's a house plant, a tropical plant, but it grows in shade. Like you can put it in the back of your closet and leave it for a year and then pull it out and it's going to look exactly the same. Wow. The only way to kill this plant is too much water, really. But it's, it's lovely that it's flowering because it does flower. When it's a very happy plant under optimal conditions, which obviously you've been able to provide, it will pop a flower like you're getting from the center. So it's a long stalk with little white flowers and they're super fragrant. Oh yes. So uh, yeah, that is that is that plant flowering. It, it doesn't happen often in our homes. We don't see it flower, but every now and then it will. It just it's just got to be a super happy plant. So that's you're doing something very right for that plant. Yeah, magnificent. Thank you ever so much. You're very okay, welcome. Elizabeth, thank you. And you know we have a first time caller waiting on the line from Tottenham that we're going to get to in just a couple of moments. We do have to have a break here on the, on the show. You are listening to the Garden Show from Zuma Radio. AM 740, 96.7 FM, downtown Toronto. Back in just a couple of moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
Well, it's a good thing we didn't have the mic on there uh, because uh, all during the words offered up by our friends, I was practicing my uh, bell ringing arm. Oh. So, <laughs> there. Okay, I got it all in action. Here we go. <laughs> Elsie in Tottenham, that's for you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome, Elsie. Um, I'm, I have a, a huge <clears throat> flower garden, mm-hmm. and I'm going to need a truck to bring my water bill to me. Oh. <laughs> so I was wondering, <laughs> You're what not can the I only put one. down to help it, help the garden with the water? And I do, the dryness, and I do know that you're not supposed to water the flowers until they start drooping because the roots search for the water going down into the ground, but mm-hmm. if you water it all the time, yeah. they won't do that. Well, that's right. You'll have shallower roots if you water mm-hmm. all the time. So do you, at this time, put any mulch on your garden? No, I haven't. So mulch is typically ground up, like chipped up wood chips yeah. that layered on the surface of the soil, two to four inches thick or deep, can help with moisture retention in the mm-hmm. soil because the sun isn't beating down on the surface of the soil so there's less evaporation that way okay. so it helps keep the soil a little cooler and of course the cooler the soil the mm-hmm. less evaporation as well right so that i i find can be quite effective and i i it's an ex, if you have a huge garden it can be quite expensive to buy a ton of mulch but you wouldn't buy it by the bag if you needed a lot you yeah. would just get a truckload delivered in the spring and then you'd go after you've kind of done your spring cleanup and things are starting to grow you'd slowly but surely start feeding it out over top of the soil around the plants. The other thing I have is a rain barrel. And yeah, but we don't have rain. I know, but, but it, it, I know. They don't work when it doesn't rain, yeah. but um, I have had, like even yesterday, we had about four minutes of rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that four minutes of rain put us surprising amount of water in my rain barrel Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah i'm in richmond hill we've had like i think it's rained four times this entire season Mm -hmm. and i use my rain barrel for watering my containers mostly and i go and i spot water my vegetables with uh you know watering cans from the rain barrel and it's the best water right rain water is the best by far so i mean obviously you know in a perfect world we'd have about 10 rain barrels all strung together and then you would catch every drop of water that falls and you your rain barrels would never go dry but um but i do find that you know both those are sort of ideas to try and support the as much keeping as much moisture on the property as you possibly can and not relying on the mulch for the ones that are drooped the most um yeah i mean and and keep in mind that if there's established plants they've been in the garden for three four five years or longer Mm -hmm. just because they're drooping doesn't mean they're going to die oh really yeah i mean i mean they may uh, start to turn yellow and defoliate early, like we're seeing that with some of the trees now. Their leaves are turning yellow, leaves are starting to fall off because they're so dry. Right. They do that as a as a protection and a, to uh, preserve themselves, but well, it doesn't mean my, they're going to die. Yeah, it's my flocks are usually uh, the ones that are drooping the first. Yeah, and of course, the, what'll happen is you'll shorten the uh, extent of the flowering if you allow yeah. plants to get too dry. And right. we all, we grow flocks for their flowers, so it's one of those things. But again, the plant will not die. The roots right. will stay alive. Okay. They okay. will, will they? Well, uh, to a point. Yeah. Uh, you know, four, five, six weeks with no water, yes, now the root is starting to suffer. So, mm-hmm. And we see that even with lawns, right? You can let a lawn go completely dormant, but after about six or seven weeks with no water, the lawn grasses will start to die. Okay. But just because they're yellow doesn't mean they're dead. 
Oh, okay. Okay, so don't That's the same don't with worry. daisies and nuts, yeah, right? Yeah, So if we really, you know, push comes to shove and you just can't afford that water bill, <laughs> yeah. or or your municipality is just saying, don't do it, right? Don't yeah. use the water on your gardens. It's just too much of a risk to us as um, because they need to keep a certain level of water in the reservoirs to maintain pressure for right. the fire hydrants, right? In right. case of a fire, if the reservoirs are too low and they can't get the pressure, it, okay. water pressure, we're in deep doo-doo that yeah, way. Yeah, I, and you're going to talk about grass, too, but I'm not going to be listening because I'm going to be out doing my garden. <laughs> All right. Well, you get out there and enjoy that garden. It's a beautiful morning. It's not too hot. So, how, so with the grass... How often do I water the grass? Uh, like I said, you can let grass go completely dormant. Uh, it, mark your calendar, and if we get to the six-week mark, then yes, and we haven't had any rain, you yeah. will have to get some water on that okay, on great. the turf. Okay. okay. Okay, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. No worries. Great, Thanks, Elsie. Yep. Don't be a stranger. Doors always open here in the garden show. That's right. Uh, Coffee's always on. Yeah, that's right. Now, as we say goodbye to Elsie, uh, I'll let you know that that leaves a couple of lines open. So if you'd like to give us a call and uh, have a chat with Charlie, all righty. 416-360-0740 in the Toronto area. And then anywhere else in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And I do believe uh, Siva is on the line, uh, just around the corner here in Toronto. Hi, yeah. Siva. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. I have a zucchini plant, hmm. and it's all flowers, no zucchini. Oh, lots of flowers, but no zucchini. Yeah, what could be the problem? Because I have two others, and I have the zucchini boar who is trying to kill them. Oh, <laughs> so, um, okay, zucchinis are pollinated by insects. Okay. So you should have two different kinds of flowers on zucchinis. There's male flowers and female flowers. Yeah, yeah. There, You can tell there is a difference. Yeah, they're all male, all uh, male. Just the long stalks go up with the flower, that's it. Hmm. No zucchini on the No flower. female flowers. Yeah. Well, that's not good. No, I was thinking maybe I should just take it away because it's just, Occupying the soil. They do take up a lot of room, those zucchini plants. Yes. Um, I, well, you know what? So you've had no zucchini at all? No, I have two other zucchini plants. They're giving me zucchini, but not this one. And they all came up together. Right. Well, so you're right. I mean, though, keep in mind, even if the plant isn't bearing any fruit, it is shading the soil uh, by virtue of being there, unless you have something you wanted to plant in that spot now. So I should leave it, because I don't think anything will come to fruition now. Well, something that I'm planting now, because I pulled all my garlic, I harvested all my garlic, so one of the things I'm planting now is lettuce, leaf okay. lettuce, because okay. that comes up very quickly, okay. and uh, we can continue to, you know, you always mm-hmm. want to kind of keep planting lettuce all summer, because okay. it'll just keep coming up, and it's all fresh, and it's so delicious, straight out of the garden. Okay. Um, and Siva, mm-hmm. while we have you on the line, two weeks ago you called about your Rose of Sharon. Yes, yes. So I did a little bit of research. I still, I cannot tell you definitively why the color changed on yes. your Rose of Sharon, but I can tell you that it has happened to other people. Okay, ma'am. Okay. Thank so, you very much. So the idea that purple reverts to white is not un- completely unknown or uncommon. It's uh, it's something that has happened to others. So I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for more information, but I just want to let you know that it's it's not unknown. Thanks. Okay, good. All righty. Well, on we go now to uh, Brampton mm-hmm. and have a word with... Angela. Hello, Angela. Hi there, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. morning. I'm having a wonderful day, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Absolutely. Gorgeous. 
I have a little hibiscus. Mm-hmm. It's got tons of buds on it. It's mm-hmm. got one that flowers, but the petals, the buds keep falling off. And I don't know whether it's lack of water or too much water. It's probably too much water. How much are you watering? Uh, just maybe once uh, or twice a week. And is it outside or inside? It's outside. So is it in the sun? Yes. Full sun? Not uh, full, full sun because it... Yeah, it gets the the evening sun more more or less. Yeah, so I mean, if you can have it in four or five hours of direct sunlight, that's uh-huh. good. Uh, what I would do when it comes to watering a hibiscus, because they, they're very good at telling you when they want water. You don't even have to touch the soil or feel the weight of the pot or anything. Nice green, shiny leaves will start to to droop, and the color of the leaves will start to get paler green, and the shine will disappear. So you'll get this matte finish, lighter green color, droopy leaves, and that plant is telling you it wants water. Okay. So what I would do is don't water until you start to see that look, that kind of a droopy look or that change in coloration of the leaves. Okay. When you do water, water thoroughly. Make sure you've got a saucer below so that you can water into the pot. The drainage hole will drain the water out into the saucer. Let it sit in that saucer full of water for 20 minutes or so, and it will absorb all that moisture up into the soil because it'll be quite dry at that point. And, and then let it go until that happens again. It could be a, every three days. It could be every three weeks, just depending on the size of the pot and depending on the temperatures and the you know, amount of wind and sun we have. Should I be still fertilizing it? You can. I, I, you could fertilize one more time because it is August, uh, but I would not fertilize any of our house plants or dro- our tropical plants uh, after uh, August okay. because you'll be bringing those plants in. You know, you'll be washing them all off, bringing right. them in by the end of August into our homes. Okay. And the light levels are going to drop quite dramatically at that point. So remember as well, two weeks or a week before you're going to bring that plant in, put it right in the shade and get it started off into lower light conditions and Uh it will handle the going in better. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks Thanks, for calling. Yeah. And have a great weekend. Thanks for keeping it tuned right here to AM 740 Zoom Radio. Well, uh, all to do with the bees today. Here's Barbie from Burlington. Good morning, Barbie. (laughs) Hello there. Morning. Good morning, everybody. I have a question about a um, crimson fan. It's a, but there's several varieties of the. It's Mucadina carasuba. Uh, okay, and that's a form of what is that? That's a plant or a butterfly? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's a plant uh, apparently from China. Okay, so what's it called again? Oh, oh. Um, well, the common name is. Crimson fan. Like F-A-N, like Frank. Like Frank. Like Frank. Yep. And uh, um, I've been trying to find the soil conditions for it, and I've been looking online, and that's where I realized there's several different versions. <laughs> one, one we're looking at is the Mucadina Rossi. Oh, I know. It's a, so it, does it look like a, like a ferny sort of a plant? No. No? Um, it looks... Um, let's see. Oh, Mukdenia. Yeah. Mukdenia. M U K E N I A. Yeah, got it. Rossi. Maple like leaves emerge bright green 
aged to a bronze green, and by summer mature to green, bright red streaks. Yeah, in the summer or in the winter or in the fall. Excellent ground cover for woodland gardens. Yes, and uh, we have it planted underneath a pine tree, but it just doesn't seem to be doing very well. And I and I have not been able to find anybody that has a any kind of. Soil conditions. Right. Well, you you know that whenever you're planting anything under a pine tree, you are planting into quite acidic soil. Yes. Just by virtue of that pine being there, needles dropping, decomposing, and even a certain amount of, of exuding from the roots causes the pH to drop. Yeah. So um, you're right. What I'm looking at here, they're, all they're saying is that it's an uh, – and this is on the Monrovia website – partial sun to full sun or sorry part shade to full sun yeah. and it's a ground cover it needs regular watering weekly or more often in extreme heat um i would recommend that this plant likely wants a fairly neutral soil if you're finding that it's not thriving now um we're considering considering uh digging it up and and maybe putting it into a planter for a bit and i don't know if it's not going to be something we can take inside to- no to nurture, but can we have it, uh, you know, sh- I guess we should move it, but try and nurture it along. Yeah, well, the, I mean, one of the things you could do is you could go to your local garden center and pick up something called dolomitic lime. Okay. And sp- if you want to leave it where it is, what you would be doing is you would be sprinkling some lime, broadcasting some, it's a granular form of lime, broadcasting yep. that onto the surface of the soil to temporarily increase the pH. And that means that this plant might begin to thrive. Okay. Yeah. And uh, for water, watering conditions, um, I just wanted to mention I have a, a dehumidifier in my studio. Mm, and good idea. I got 14 liters of water out of my dehumidifier. <laughs> wow. yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm using to water my plants Straight with. Straight to the garden. Absolutely. Good idea. No, you're absolutely right. With all this humidity, dehumidifiers have been working overtime. Yeah. So, um, there's yeah. a tip for somebody that's That's water. right. It's like changing the um, fish tank, right? Doing some water replacement yeah. in the fish tank. Mm-hmm. Make sure that water goes out to the garden. It's perfect for the plants. Don't put it down the drain. Uh, but thank you for that. No, I did, I've never seen this plant before. It does look very nice. Uh, and I would yeah, either get it into a situation where there's not so much pine tree around or add some lime. Okay. Thanks, Barbie. Thank you, Barbie, in Burlington. Well, it's a morning for Barbaras. <laughs> Here's Barbara in St. Catharines on the line now. Good morning, Barbara. Hmm. Hello. Oh, is she there? I don't know. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll move along to uh, Keith, who's calling in from Niagara on the Lake. You talk about a pretty spot. Hmm. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Super duper. Great. Great. <laughs> By the way, uh, I am... First-time caller. Oh, wait a minute. First-time caller. Oh, wow. There you, you got go. your <laughs> wings, your Niagara-on-the-Lake wings. Welcome to the show. I just wanted to, if I may, say hello to my wife, Mary, the geologist. Yes. <laughs> hello, Mary. <laughs> there, that'll win me 10 bucks and big points. There you go. <laughs> 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 Good for you. <laughs> I feel like we're getting used here, Frank. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, very nice down here. I, I think uh, I'm on a big movie set. It can't be uh, real. Everybody's yeah. walking around. They're singing. They're happy. I Even the it. birds are happy. I know. Singing. I know. That Niagara on the Lake. It drives me crazy. All the flowers <laughs> bloom all the time. Little, 
little white picket fences. I all know. That stuff. Flags. I, oh, I didn't want to take all your time on the show. Our dilemma, mm. our challenge, is a, uh, I only found out the name of it yesterday, mm. a butterfly bush. Yep. Budley eye. Mm-hmm. I think it's trying to move into the house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what you probably didn't do with that plant last spring was cut it down. Oh. Yeah, so in the spring, what I do with that plant is, I well, I wait. You'll see, if it's been a mild winter, there'll be a lot of live growth on the plant. But if it's been a super cold winter, there'll be a lot of dead stuff. So you always cut out the dead. Then you say to yourself, hmm, maybe I need to take it down a bit lower. So, of course, I'm colder where I live than where you live, and mine's about four inches tall, usually in the spring, five inches tall Mm -hmm. when I cut it down. So don't hesitate to do that. I mean, you don't have to go as low as me. You could go down to a foot tall, for example, and that way it won't get quite so big. Oh, I see. (laughs) Going to take over the house. But they're beautiful. Like, it's probably all starting to bud now, right? You're starting to get flowers? Oh, yes, and little little, uh, petite hummingbirds. Oh, sweet. They're so small, they must be from another planet. Wow, I know. Uh, They're there, and then all the butterflies, the bumblebees. It's a magnet, that plant. The the birds and the bees love, that's why I call it butterfly bush. It's considered an invasive perennial in some parts of the world, like Australia, but we have no issues with it here. We're quite happy because it doesn't take over, typically, in Canada, because we have real winters. So you're feeling a bit invaded by it this year, but just cut it down a little bit next spring, a little lower. Well, that's very good. Just want to say that uh, Mary and I really, really enjoy your show. We've been listening to it for about 38 years now. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> just delightful. And you two are sensational. You're kind of like uh, Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca. <laughs> Boy, bringing back some of the great old names. Thank you very much, Keith. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate your call and enjoy that butterfly bush. Did you want to hear my John Wayne imitation? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, all right. Well, I want you to know. I want you to know, Jimmy Stewart. Well, well, we're we're, we're trying. We're we're trying to 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 do to do it, John. <laughs> you know, you can amble over here anytime you want, big guy. <laughs> That's great. Thanks for all calling. All right. Thank you, our, both of you. Our morning smile. Yeah. <laughs> That's great stuff. Uh, we have to take a little bit of a break here, but we'll be back to go to Brantford to have a word with Thomas here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM, downtown Toronto. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Another very warm day here in the Toronto area, and uh, well, not so warm. I mean, well, I guess it's it not as bad as it's a really the last... beautiful night last night. Did yeah, you, you had your true. windows wide open, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no yeah. air conditioning where you're living now, is there? No, no. So great sleep. Fans, was. yeah, fans, yeah. and That's fresh great. air. It was lovely temperature last night. Yep. Same you're tonight. Right. You're right, but I guess it is going to continue on the, on the warm side. But for not the next as humid. Thank God yes, for that. I'll thank tell you. Goodness. Hey, out there in Brantford, there's Thomas. Good morning, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you very much for taking my call. In Brantford, uh, we're very fortunate that we have access to good quality 
free compost that are provided by the city. Nice. My question is, can you overdo the compost applications? Because I've had problems with my garden and trying to grow beetroot from seed, for instance. I tried it three times, and even though I, I moistened them, mm-hmm. it didn't germinate. Um, I have a huge bean plant, and I think I've got three beans on it. And so <laughs> I want to know if I've got a problem with over enriching the soil, and if I have, how to fix it. That's a great question, actually. I, a friend of mine who's a very keen hobby gardener in Ottawa wrote me a note on that same subject just because it's been so dry and so much watering, and he's worried that you know, he's providing too much nutrition to the plants with the good quality soil and causing some issues as a result. What I would say about any compost, whether it's homemade compost or city-provided you know, good quality compost, you never want to be gardening into pure compost. It's always going to be a mix of your existing soil and this additional, you know, organic material. So that's considered a soil amendment. It could be as much as a 50-50 mix, but it shouldn't be more than that. It could be less. It could be, you know, 30% compost and, you know, 60% your existing soil or 70%. Um, The Beets, you mentioned that didn't germinate. One of the things I'll do with beet seeds is I'll soak them in water overnight just to try and get them uh, the seed coat to swell up a tiny bit. Beets have a hard time germinating unless there's a softening of that seed coat. So I wouldn't blame the compost. I would just go for a 24-hour soak before you plant uh, any beet seeds in the future. And the bean might be responding to all that quality like see in compost with all that organic material sometimes we end up with a lot of nitrogen if in doubt if you're worried that that your soil is not what you wish it was remember you can do a soil test there's home soil test kits and then you're in a good location there in Brantford to send some soil into the University of Guelph where there are some there's a lab soils lab there at the University of Guelph they will do a complete analysis of your soil if you're worried that something's not quite right and and the plants aren't growing the way you expect. But, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about the, the great quality compost. Just keep mixing it into your existing soil. That's the main thing. Okay, thank you very much. You're very Appreciate welcome. Thank Thanks you. for your call. All righty. My gosh, we're busy. We're, we are busy. We, you yeah. are. <laughs> I was going to say, you're just air traffic controlling. I'm like, <laughs> I'm flying all the planes poor, here. <laughs> poor Charlie. I'm, I'm sorry. I do that occasionally, don't I? Yes, yeah. you do. Mm, yeah, all the well, time, actually. Well, Take a lot of credit. <laughs> let we... me <laughs> let me send you in another direction. And, oh, okay. That's a deflection move away from me. Uh, <laughs> Richard and Lindsay, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Hello, Richard. Richard. Good morning. How are you? I am fine. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. I have a major problem with my tomato plants. Whoa. I have seven tomato plants. Mm-hmm. Four of them are early girls. Mm-hmm. And other three are beefsteak. Okay. The, and they're all over five feet tall. Oh, wow. Okay, that sounds reasonable. Sounds like it should be, yep. <laughs> all the early girls, mm. I have tons of tomatoes on them. Yeah. And they're all black and rotten on the bottom. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's called blossom end rot. Say that again? Now, that's actually a... <clears throat> that's something that can happen to tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, it's called blossom end rot. Rot. Blossom and rot. Because that yeah. is where the blossom was. The little tiny flower shrivels up and blows away. But that the bottom of the tomato or the tip of the tomato, when you when that rot happens, it's it 
we used to say it was a lack of calcium in the soil that caused that to happen. <clears throat> so now when you buy tomato food, fertilizer of any kind, it'll always say, with calcium, to avoid blossom end rot. But the more um, recent thinking is that it's not it, – it's partially a lack of calcium, but it's also um, – uh, what's the word? Like um, – Watering that's not consistent. Irregular. Yeah, irregular. Thank you. Irregular watering. Yeah, we too have much here. Or too little watering. Yeah, it's just the irregularity. Tomatoes need to be consistently watered. If there's, if they get really, really dry, and then we get out there with the sprinkler, or we get a huge rainfall, that's when we start seeing the skin splitting on the tomato because a whole bunch of water gets added into the plant, and then all of a sudden they poof right up with all this water and the skin splits. So we know that when we water irregularly when they're younger plants, it has um, impact on access to minerals. So it's super important that right from the moment you plant your tomatoes right through to harvest that you do everything in your power to try and have sort of as consistent of watering as possible so that they're never super dry and they're never super wet. They're just always kept at a a medium medium sort of a place there that, you know, they dry down, you water, they dry down, but no not too dry and try to avoid too wet. So that's unfortunate um, with the with any of your early girls. Like, <clears throat> they will not be edible, those tomatoes. You might oh, as well so just... they are com- not edible. Yeah, just compost those tomatoes. Oh, we can compost sure. the tomatoes. Yep, yep. Compost and the... And the plants and everything. Yep. I would so leave the plants. bad for the composter. No, no. And you may still get more... They may continue to flower. And if you can stay a little more on the watering thing, I think you'll find that it will Very still... Very dry this year. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the challenge. And, you know, if you're on a well and you just can't keep the, the tomatoes well watered, that's going to happen. Yep. But, but don't get rid of the plants yet. Get rid of the tomatoes. And if you can get some water, uh, then you may still get some edible tomatoes on those plants. Yeah, good luck with that, Richard. Thanks, Richard. Thank you for calling in to the Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. And we have another first-time caller on the line we'll get to momentarily here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Frankie the bell ringer coming by. Here we go. (laughs) Hey, Zena, that's for you. Good morning and welcome to the show. Yes, I'm really interested in the the show, but um, I've never had a chance to call. We have two old snowball bushes, Mm -hmm. and we're on a hill. Uh, we're seniors, and the beginning of it, we usually used to use dormant spray, mm-hmm. but this year we didn't. Their leaves got completely eaten. Uh, then they came back. I found a little wee, I can't even describe it. It wasn't a beetle. It was just like a little piece of, I don't know what it was, a worm. Mm-hmm. The leaves came back. We called our lawn people because they started being eaten again. They sprayed it with I don't know what. But it looks like they're being eaten again. Is there anything we can do now? Hmm. So you're calling them snowball bushes. When when they do they typically have those snowball flowers? Uh, right in the beginning, well, just about the same time as the lilacs, about that right, time. Genuine. They're not hydrangeas. That's right. They're not hydrangeas. They're viburnums. Definitely not. The one is, uh, I guess, 12 feet tall. We've yeah. been in the house over 50 years, yeah. and they were here when we bought the home. Yeah. They're commonly referred to as European high bush cranberries because after those white flowers in the spring, you'll typically get some red uh, berries. No, we don't get any berries. You don't, eh? Okay. So, but bottom line is it is a viburnum and <clears throat> the pest that chewed up and ate all the leaves is called a viburnum leaf beetle. 
It is a beetle. It's tiny. It starts as a little worm. That's the baby form. And then it grows into a tiny little beetle. Very hungry pest. Uh, yeah. Can defoliate the plant entirely within a few short days so that you have absolutely no leaves on it. The plants, um, if they're strong and healthy, will grow a whole new set of leaves. Usually we don't have the viburnum leaf beetle sticking around to defoliate a second time in the same season. It's usually only an early season problem. But with the dryness and the heat this year, Mm -hmm. it is possible that the viburnum leaf beetle has had a second generation because that sometimes happens when we have mild winters and then we have extended long springs and summers. Insects will take advantage of that and bear another yeah. popula- another generation if they can. So that could be what's happened, why it's looking so, you know, it's in trouble again. Yes. Best thing you can do is, as you recognize, that dormant spraying is excellent idea to do in the spring. The other thing is, uh, even now, or let me think, you could, I wouldn't actually do it now, it's still August. In yeah. October or next March or April, you could prune that plant back. It will impact the amount of flowers you're going to get next year, but it will help the plant to become um, more dense, more compact. Uh, feed it, of course, next spring with some good quality fertilizer or, or composted manure. Do whatever you can to tender, loving care of that plant as much as you can and keep your eyes peeled for that insect next spring. Soon as you see that insect, as soon as you see some holes, it looks like start like shotgun holes right away. If you can that same day, something as simple as soap and water will kill that that bug if you get on it right away early in this right when the bug is first on the plant the the viburnum leaf beetle can be controlled when it's young and it before it's a beetle when it's just a little larva with something as simple as like i say soap and water if you don't do it three days later you've got no leaves on the plants you've got to really respond quickly when you see the evidence of the of the insect well, this one, I call it a bush, but it's more of a tree. Like, mm-hmm. to cut it back, it, it's impossible. Yeah. It would um, destroy the whole... We, we just can't cut it right back. Well, that's fine. I mean, and but we're j- on a hill. Yeah. We're on a hill also, so it's... Um, there's no way we can cut them back. Like, okay. I said, we're seniors and... Um, yeah. Well, the only reason I mentioned cutting back is because the insect lays its eggs in the twigs. So by cutting it back in the spring, you remove a lot of eggs, if you could. But if you can't, you can't. That's fine. But like you said, the dormant spray will make a difference, and then getting uh, spraying as necessary after that is important, too. Thanks, and good luck with that, Zena. Thanks, Zena. Uh, maybe time for one more quick call here from Susan in Union. Hi. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. How are you? Great. Good morning. Good. I have a question. My lavender was beautiful this summer, and it's 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 gone now. What's the best way of pruning it? It's finished flowering, but the plant is still alive. It's still alive. Um, the the plant itself looks great, but the but the, mm. the flowers are gone. Yeah. Now. So what we do not now, but in September, you're going to get out your shears or a pair of pruners. You're going to get down on your hands and knees, and you're going to look at the lavender, and you're going to see where, where the new growth was this year. It's quite obvious. Last year's growth and this year's growth, there's a difference in color and texture and everything. So once you've identified this year's growth, you're going to remove one-third of this year's growth in September. And that, that's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. Next okay. spring, I didn't know fertilize. whether I had to uh, cut each individual stem or, or what. So well, I thought yeah. I'd give you a call. Yeah, just so with a pair of shears. New growth and don't do it later in September or as soon as September arrives. Uh, anytime in September, early October, just before winter. Before you know, as we're starting to cool down, that's the time to do it. 
Okay, great. Thank okay. you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Susan, and I look forward to call. more calls next week because we've run out of racetrack. Right. We will look forward to more calls, <laughs> you won't got we? It. You got it, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. And you're off on a holiday. I'm so yeah. jealous. Well, going up to one of my our favorite spots, favorite Lake spot. of the Mountain. I know. Near Picton there. Near Picton. So we'll, Prince Edward County. Yeah, say hi me, to the county. Enjoy I some will. some cider for me and a little wine tasting and go for a swim. I'll do all of that. Yes, I okay. know you will. You have a ton <laughs> of fun. Thank you so much for being the wonderful uh, controller that you are of the garden show. Controller. Yes. Wow. Now, how about that? <laughs> Couldn't do it without Sebastian. Thank you, Sebastian. Good man. Couldn't do any of it without a great caller. So thanks to everybody. And enjoy your rest of the week. And we'll see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.